Thanks for tuning in. This is episode number 38. Uh, Today, coming from Luke chapter 11, as we make our way through the 24 chapters of Luke uh, on a daily basis. I want to thank you for taking the time to follow this podcast. Uh, If you're new to it, I appreciate you stopping by. Uh, I hope that this speaks to your heart, that it ministers to you in some way that the, the Lord is specifically reaching out to you. I pray that he multiply it, and I'm thankful for what he's done through it already. Uh, So we'll just uh, jump right into it. Luke chapter 11. He, Jesus, was praying in a certain place, and after he had finished, one of his disciples said to him, Lord, teach us to pray as John taught his disciples. I can't help but wonder here if the teaching would have been any different if they had not ask Jesus specifically to say, teach us how John taught his disciples. Could the outcome of what he taught them been any different if they would have asked the question perhaps like this, um, teach us how you pray when no one is around, when it's just you and the Father. Teach us how you pray. Um, Now, Jesus could have very well seen through the possibly the error in their question and just extended grace to them and he may have revealed this same exact prayer but um, I can't help but wonder um, Jesus has told us um, in previous scripture that you you have not because you ask not um, or you don't receive because you ask amiss. So I can't help but wonder if there was something we could have discovered if the disciples had asked the right question. Um, so I'll just leave that to you to uh, chew on. He said to them, when you pray, say, Father, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our sins as we forgive those who sin against us. Lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For yours is the kingdom, the power, and the glory forever. Amen. And he said to them, Suppose you, one of you has a friend and you go to him at midnight. And say to him, Friend, lend me three loaves of bread, for a friend of mine has arrived, and I have nothing to set before him. And he answers from within, Do not bother me. The door has already been locked, and my children are with me in bed. I cannot get up and give you anything. I tell you, even though he will not get up and give him anything because he is his friend, At least because of his persistence, he will get up and give him whatever he needs. So I say to you, ask and it will be given. (laughs) 
here we are, search or seek and you will find, knock and the door will be opened for you. For everyone who asks receives and everyone who searches finds. And for everyone who knocks, the door will be opened. Is there anyone among you who, if your child asks for a fish, will you give a snake instead of a fish? Or if the child asks for an egg, will give a scorpion? If you then, who are evil, know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will the Heavenly Father give the Holy Spirit to those who ask Him? Now he, Jesus, was casting out a demon that was mute. When the demon had gone out, the one who had been mute spoke. So one thing I want you to notice there is the demon was mute. And when the demon had been cast out, the one who had been mute began to be able to speak. So, this tells us that dysfunction that is present in the spirit, the evil or unclean spirit or demon, the dysfunction that is present for that spirit, at least in this case, and I think there are others um, that are justified in the scripture, that dysfunction carries over to the host. Um, and when there is freedom from that oppression, then the dysfunction is lifted. So I think it's very important to realize that. Verse 15 says, But some of them said, He casts out demons by Beelzebul, the ruler of the demons. Others, to test him, kept demanding from him a sign from heaven. But he knew what they were thinking and said to them, Every kingdom divided against itself becomes a desert. If Satan also is divided against himself, how will his kingdom stand? For you say that I cast out demons by Beelzebul. Now if I cast out the demons by Beelzebul, by whom do your exorcists cast them out? Therefore they will be your judges. But if it is by the finger of God that I cast out the demons, then the kingdom of God has come to you. When a strong man, fully armed, guards his castle, his property is safe. But when one stronger than he attacks him and overpowers him, he takes away his armor in which he trusted and divides his plunder. Whoever is not with me is against me, and whoever does not gather with me scatters. When the unclean spirit has gone out of a person, it wanders through waterless regions, looking for a resting place. But not finding any, it says, I will return to my house from whence I came. When it comes, it finds it swept and put in order. Then it goes and brings seven other spirits more evil than itself, and they enter and live there. And the last state of that person is worse than the first. So it is really important that when deliverance occurs, that the person, the delivered one, must then take up, um, allow the, the Spirit of God um, 
Jesus Christ himself, must take over occupancy in that person's life. Because if it remains empty and Christ does not fill that individual, then this person will find themselves a swept house and put in order. But this spirit that has been sent out of this person will come back looking for a place to rest and will bring with it seven other spirits. So this person will essentially be seven times worse than what they were. So there must be an a inhabitation, uh, or rather a habitation, of th- their person um, with Christ. While he was saying this, a woman in the crowd raised her voice and said to him, Blessed is the womb that bore you and the breast that nursed you. But he said, Blessed, rather, are those who hear the word of God and obey it. When the crowds were increasing, he began to say, This generation is an evil generation. It asks for a sign, but no sign will be given to it except the sign of Jonah. For just as Jonah became a sign to the people of Nineveh, so the Son of Man will be to this generation. One thing I just want to kind of say briefly regarding this is this this passage is used quite often for uh, people who take a strong stance against uh, miracles and and wonders. And um, they connect it to thinking that what Jesus here is uh, saying that people who are eager to have to get signs uh and uh, or to to see signs and then we 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 actually equate that word to um the miraculous but that's that's kind of a, a stretch um um a sign is is a really a kind of like a destination marker it's a you could say an evidence um what Jesus is really trying to say here is, you guys want me to prove to you that I'm the Messiah uh, or that I am who I say I am, but I'm not going to give you this proof. Um, in fact, I've given you many proofs, but that you're just refused to, to observe them and acknowledge them. No, the only sign that you'll be given is the sign of Jonah. And what does he mean by that? Well, he says, for just as Jonah became a sign of the people, uh, so the Son of Man will be to this generation. Well, we know Jonah was in the belly of a whale for uh, three for three days. Well, so too will the Son of Man be in the belly of the earth for three days and raised to life. This is kind of a picture, this is, well, this is a picture of what happened with Jonah um, to, to point as a sign to that of Christ. It says, the queen, verse 31, the queen of the south will rise at the judgment with the people of this generation and condemn them because she came from the ends of the earth to listen to the wisdom of Solomon and see something greater than Solomon is here. So I don't know if I really closed that gap in my comment on how people will see this 
passage about um, a wicked and adulterous generation will ask for a sign. Um, and so I don't know if I closed that gap, but um, I do just want to kind of reiterate that um, desiring God to move in power, to heal the sick, to cast out devils, to raise the dead, to open blind eyes and deaf ears and um, regenerate limbs. Um, all of these things are were a part of the ministry of, of Jesus. And so what Jesus is saying here does not condemn desiring those things. What he's condemning is the people who are asking, prove to us you are who you say you are. And so that is the sign that he's referring to, to this wicked and um, evil generation. So I hope that's helpful. Verse 32, <clears throat> the people of Nineveh will rise up at the judgment with this generation and condemn it because they repented at the proclamation of Jonah and see something greater than Jonah is here. No one, after lighting a lamp, puts it in the cellar, but on a lampstand, so that those who enter may see the light. Your lamp, your, rather, your eye is the lamp of your body. If your eye is healthy, your whole body is full of light. But if it is not healthy, your body is full of darkness. Therefore, consider, <clears throat> consider whether the light in you is not darkness. If then your whole body is full of light, with no part of it in darkness, it will be as full of light as when a lamp gives you light with its rays. While he was still speaking, a Pharisee invited him to dine with him. So he went in and took his place at the table. The Pharisee was amazed to see that he did not first wash before dinner. Then the Lord said to him, now you Pharisees clean the outside of the cup and of the dish, but inside you are full of greed and wickedness, you fools. Did not the one who made the outside make the inside also? So give for alms those things that are within, and see, everything will be clean for you. But woe to you Pharisees, for you tithe mint and rue and herbs of all kinds, and neglect justice and the love of God. It is these you ought to have practiced without neglecting the others. Woe to, the, woe to you, Pharisees, for you love to have the seat of honor in the synagogues and to be greeted with respect in the marketplaces. Woe to you, for you are like unmarked graves and people walk over them without realizing it. One of the lawyers answered him, Teacher, when you say these things, you insult us too. And he said, Woe also to you lawyers, for you load people with burdens hard to bear, and you yourselves do not lift a finger to ease them. Woe to you, for you build the tombs of the prophets whom your ancestors killed. So you are witnesses and approve of the deeds of your ancestors, for they killed them, and you build their tombs. Therefore also... The wisdom of God said, I will send them prophets and apostles, some of whom they will kill and persecute, so that this generation may be charged with the blood of all the prophets shed 
since the foundation of the world, from the blood of Abel to the blood of Zechariah, who perished between the altar and the sanctuary. Yes, I tell you, it will be charged against this generation. Wow, that's a, that's a sobering statement. Woe to you, lawyers, for you have taken away the key of knowledge. You did not enter yourselves, and you hindered those who were entering. When he went outside, the scribes and the Pharisees began to be very hostile toward him and to cross-examine him about many things, lying in wait for him to catch him in something he might say. Well, I appreciate you taking the time. I think this will conclude our Luke chapter 11. Uh, I hope God's word speaks to you. I hope you find something hidden below the surface. And uh, just thankful for you coming along for this ride. Um, I just also maybe pray that uh, you, you might say a prayer for me. I've been battling some uh, some sinus and chest congestion, and it's been a pretty big challenge in the past uh, week or so. So I just pray that you would uh, say a prayer for me, and uh, I do believe that uh, the Lord is willing and able to move. So I thank you, um, and until next time, God bless. If it means that I'm close to you, I would trade a million lifetimes for a moment here.